we met at a party. We met through our friend Chad. Mm, yeah. uh, and you like, had gotten a haircut from Container. <laughs> <laughs> bowl cut. I heard about this. A man told me about this shit. I'm always hearing about you getting prank haircuts. <laughs> yeah, Ren had given me a haircut. This was like 2013. Yeah. What's Ren, up with the honey badger haircut? You, 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 oh my god! No, yeah, the, the Ren man was, was like talking about your honey badger haircut. Well, that was yeah. That was put, well. That was that was a result of that because it was like the Dutch just, boy. That'd be a haircut, the like Jack haircut. Po- yes, Jack grooming yeah. podcast, yeah, the best of Jack's haircuts. Yeah, that's right. I got Ren and yeah. a container and giving me a haircut. One of his legendary haircuts. He called it the bodega. After oh. it was, uh, there's probably a photo that existed somewhere. Hi, this is Jack Callahan, and you're listening to 400 Floor. That was Lily Schulder and Luke Wyatt, respectively known by their monikers 51717 and Torn Hawk. What can I say about them? They're two close friends of mine who've both made names for themselves in the underground electronic music scene in New York City and beyond. In this interview, we illuminate their nascent years on the East Coast, growing up with FM rock radio, finding their ways to more challenging music. Both Lily and Luke spent time in Washington, D.C. in the early thousands and were influenced by the thriving left-field dance music community there. They eventually crossed paths in New York City in the early aughts and through their association with Ron Morelli's Lies label, spent time abroad and began playing shows on the international stage. This was a fun interview for me, which I think comes through. I had both of them over to my studio for a glass, or two, of red wine and to catch up as old friends and learn more about their shared histories. This episode has been edited from the full conversation, which is available at 400floor.com. That's the number 400 and the word floor.com. This is 400 Floor. Let's go on and get into it. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hello. Um, so I'm going to ask the first question that I always ask. Um, how did you get into music and what was your introduction to it? Uh, family, uh, friends, parents, like what was what was your first experience with music and how did that develop? Uh, how about Lily first? Um, so growing up when I was my earliest memory of like recorded music was my father playing uh, vinyl records. He has a, an extensive collection of free jazz and various uh, traditional musics from around the world. Wow. He was like an OG, I guess, hipster. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so he would he would play his records like on the weekends, um, dance around. Um, yeah. The other early memory I have of music is just uh, being driven to school in the carpool. Um, there was I grew up in the suburbs of Washington D.C. So there was the there was the oldie station, oldies I think. I can't remember, but that was what my mother listened to. She always, whenever the Shirelles came on, she'd be yeah. like, you know, talk about, you know, you know, being a teenager in, at the in sock Brooklyn. Hop. Yes. Um, so that's like what my mother would listen to when she would drive, when it was her turn to drive. Um, then we carpooled with another family. Actually, it was the Rebbits and the wife of the one of the main rabbis at the school at the synagogue my my parents went to but she would put on WHFS which was like the alternative rock station Ooh. so she was like 
pretty cool. Uh, but I actually like music, like recorded music, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, the, the world of music that, you know, when it became my world, that yeah. sort of started, I guess, when I was around 10 or yeah. so. I uh, was intrigued by the Columbia House uh, re- Music Club yeah. advertisements. Oh, yeah. That's the first um, time we've talked about that on yeah. the podcast. That's, I think, a really important to a lot of people. It was uh, the visual yeah. aspect. Wow, yeah, uh, yeah. So we would get, you know, so little backstory. My family was yeah. religious, Jewish, Orthodox. So on Saturdays, it's like there really wasn't much to do. Right, because there's no, no uh, well, electricity, etc. Yeah, we'd get the... Uh, the Sunday paper would come on Saturdays and um, like from the Washington post and there would be the parade magazine oh, section. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. I, I love yeah. parade. Um, Cause the first page was always like the celebrity gossip. I was just thinking about that for some weird reason. Yeah. Or maybe it was the one, of the, but on the very back, oftentimes parade magazine had this, the, big Columbia, the Columbia house or the BMG right, music club. Right, right. It was just this mosaic. It was so colorful. Right. And it was all just very little, intriguing. To all me. the little covers. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, it's one, you tape a penny to the... It was such a... How is it that Even then, I was like, why why is this not going to be right for my life? Yeah. There's, but, there's something sketchy yeah. about this. But. Yeah, so, yeah something, something's not but, adding up. How are they a, only a penny? The middle child of six kids, I, mm-hmm. I just sort of, I didn't ask, I just sort of did it, because I was like... Yeah. yeah. I just did it. Um, and I, that's how I started to discover contemporary... Yeah. Music and I, I just sort of randomly selected based on the album cover yeah. just for that first purchase. You, do you 12. know some of? Do you yeah, know the, the ones you got? The original batch. Yeah. yeah. Green Day, Dookie, oh REM, Incredible. Monster, wow. Cheryl Monster. Crow, Tuesday Night Music Club, Boys to Men, Two, I believe. Oh my God. I think TLC, Crazy yeah. Sexy Cool, Janet Jackson, Rhythm Nation. Oh, oh my God. Uh, I think The That's Offspring was in there. The whatever the one you got the like skeleton. the like apps like the spread of like American music from like uh, yeah, from like mid nineties. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, oh, the, I they, they, yeah. Wow. Uh, there's a few others. Uh, that's but, like those are all records that uh, i would listen to yeah. like right oh, cranberries. now cranberries yeah Amazing. that one yeah. because i remembered the cranberries from whfs right yeah. right right the doo, 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 doo. Mm-hmm. okay um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah that was uh that's how i be- i was like oh that 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 just that radicalized you it radicalized <laughs> it became my private like my world that, yeah. I, that I um would start your own pyramid scheme totally. <laughs> mail me yeah. pennies you get pennies <laughs> yeah, I'll get you I had CDs. to I sheepish, sheepishly would approach my mother yeah. like, to write a check as with oh, my yeah. father he was you know he didn't yeah. I didn't want him to know it was because he's very so you stingy. You actually got to the, che- the check right. part with him. I never got past the point. I, I did. Yeah. What are they going to do? Show up at your house? We, yeah. we, you owe yeah. us money with the Columbia <laughs> house. Yeah, yeah. You didn't pay 12 <laughs> pennies to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for a few years, yeah, I would. But then I discovered, yeah, music, music stores. And again. What was the transition for you from. Being into you know getting into music from Columbia House, which is you know and BMG, music, yes, and yeah. BMG music, of course, yeah, <laughs> it's the same thing. So then, yeah. how, um, like when, when did you start to, or I guess getting into like independent mm-hmm. music or underground music or whatever, you know? Well, yeah, that happened. Like I would, I, I, I learned about oh, there's a scene in yeah Washington D.C. proper. Course, yeah. Um, usually it was on the weekends, and I just sort of learned how to um my my family's sort of kind of 
I mean, it's close enough to the metro, which is like the subway system, but I I would have to walk a bit to take the the bus to the train. But I learned how to get myself um, downtown and I would see shows at like the 930 Club. Yeah. And um, from there, just sort of, yeah, learning more and more about the the local scene. Yeah, um, totally. The the Discord adjacent scene. Yeah, Um, totally. And... are you from Are you from um, the Virginia side? <sighs> no. Oh, you from the Maryland <laughs> Silver side. Spring. Yeah, yeah right, yes, right, right, right. Yes. I've been to Silver Spring. Yes. So, yeah. Um, I started a band when I was a teenager. Yeah. So the, oh, I want to hear about the, this. I I forget. Uh, I went to a show at the Nine Thirty Club. It mm-hmm. was. Love and Rockets and that band Orgy. Oh was. yeah. Um, but I uh, met yeah. a young er, person, a teen, young teenage mm-hmm. person my age. Yeah. Um, we were hanging out. I used to like hang out after the show, like smoke and yeah. And I was like, into, how old like, are we talking here? I was fifteen. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. Uh, Sorry, mom. In, Sorry, I dad. Got, <laughs> I, I didn't smoke regular, but I thought it was cool. And yeah, I, it is cool. Wait, smoke it what? Is. Yeah. Uh, cigarettes. Oh, I didn't okay. get into not, weed. Not crack. Okay. Uh, yeah. Hey. So I I I got I was into TV. like glam glam music at that time. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah um, totally. And I randomly I don't know. I met this girl Carmen. I mm-hmm. I don't know if she said it. I think she, the 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 legend is mm-hmm. <laughs> I overheard her saying that she, uh, saying I want to start a glam rock band and I wow. and I said me too and we exchanged wow. AIM yep. messenger oh, names. Let's go. She was Amazing. Punk Floyd Seven. Mine was like my bloody Isabel or something. Wow, yeah. um, that's so amazing. That was, that was cool. Um, and then yeah, we started writing music together, and, and her ex boyfriend was the drummer. Yeah, and we that's how we sort of got into this like involved in the scene. Yeah, but we were so young and and precocious, and uh, Carmen wrote the lyrics, pretty suggestive, like teenage. Kind of, yeah, thinking back a little, you know, not a little salacious um, yeah, for salacious. a 15 year old. We had a lot of fans, uh, maybe uh, older f- uh, male yeah, fans. Looks like now we're talking. Um, <laughs> yes, what? Uh, no, we, there was a free um concert series mm-hmm. uh, during the summer called Fort Reno. Did you go to Fort oh, Reno? Of course, yeah, of yeah. course, and then yeah, that's how we started talking to Ian Swinonia. Amazing, so see him hanging around looking cool. He would. I remember he cool. wore like raincoats when it wasn't raining. Just it's like it was what? Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was the band called? Pocket Rockets. Hell yes. Okay. We Pocket had a CD Rockets. on Teen Beat Records. What? Oh, I forgot that shit. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Wait, Cue a Pocket Rocket song. You think you're so hot. I think you're so not. I'm in the passenger side and you're driving. Before I know what's going on, I'm in your room. But so then how, like, did you start to get, because I'm curious about, like, like many people mm-hmm. of your mm-hmm. era, my, our era, you know, when I'm, I'm trying to make it this year older than, but uh, 
Like make the transition from like more or less like indie mm-hmm. rock mm-hmm. or whatever adjacent music uh, oh, to twee getting pop. twee pop. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah, team twee part of part twee glam to twee glam. That's make the transition yeah. to the like electronic <laughs> music. You know, uh, like yeah, it's a really good. Question. I'm very curious about what your path that into path, that yeah. was. So uh, when I was in uh, university, yeah. I lost, kind of lost touch with my bandmates from yeah. the teenage band. They had gone away to school and I yeah. was sort of getting more into like collecting, you know, records, um, you know, a lot of Nonsuch Explorer series. And then yeah. the, um, oh, oh my God, I love that. The, the, the Koto Ensemble and the Balinese yeah. Gamelan. Right. I was like, oh, more interested in exploring, I guess, non-western approaches yeah. to sound yeah. and, and my major was art history with a focus on non-western wow. art oh so i didn't I, I got that. really heavily Amazing. into japanese art yeah and african art um yeah. so with my involvement in those ensembles i had i had a koto that i was borrowing from my sensei wow. and I, I would care i had to bring it with me to and from school so i i wanted to be able to replicate that experience somehow um just I, knowing that like my time with the Koto was coming to an end because I was yeah. about to graduate, I was about to move across the country. Yeah. And so I, I learned how to record music onto my laptop with just like a, yeah. a preamp and, yeah. a, and a microphone. Yeah. And uh, I started by experimenting with just the Koto that I was borrowing and just playing the sounds. And and, and I even, um, I was using, you know, like a delay pedal with, with my, because I played guitar in like yeah. my, my glam <laughs> band. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so using audacity basically to manipulate mm-hmm. the sounds of yeah. the koto and then ultimately um other like handheld instruments like but when i moved to the west coast i no longer had a koto but i that's where i kind of got really experimental yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you yeah. know block and spiel yeah. and then slowing that down wow. and then trying to replicate the gamelan experience yeah. and just um and from there, I, you know, you know, because also in D.C., alongside, you know, the more rock, post-rock, whatever, punk, there was Manhunter. Oh, yeah. So there was wow, like a yeah. little, you know, a electronic music. But yeah. Um, but I procured like, I don't know, I got um, I inherited a drum machine, Boss DS5, I yeah. think. Um, and I... Um, started just yeah messing around and yeah. um but yeah uh, there was a you know because also yan shout out yan oh. Wu. You oh know? yeah he had a newsletter yes yan that was the would... best shit he had an e- mass email yeah that's how i got into like minimal wave that's stuff. i learned so much yeah. wait who had the newsletter Yan-Woo. and because wow, also aurora really? is yeah, from shout the out dc Yan. area shout out aurora yeah I'm like all over the place now because there was like the body act i mean that's well no this is i mean this is all like this is a also for me because it's like I I feel like I've like pieced no, together met, so much met, stuff from like well, Greg and Andre and you mm-hmm. and like you know. Well, well I'll, I'll wait until I get. Yeah. But you're reminded. Yeah. Anyways, I I moved to SF like literally ten days after I graduated. Oh wow! Yeah. I just didn't really put much thought into it. I'd saved up like two thousand yeah. um, dollars, and I just was like. I don't know. In San Francisco, there was like the scene in like Oakland and like you know yeah. punk A noise. Warehouse, there was, yeah. yeah. But I wasn't really, I didn't really get into that. I didn't really get into like the noise scene till I moved back east. Yeah. Um, in San Francisco, it was like, I knew I wanted to leave. I, I I went to Japan for a while, like from SF. Yeah. 
I was like, I knew I knew I was going to move to New York. It wasn't like I'm going to move to New York and I'm going to be an artist. It was more like this is where my parents are from. It's not uh, all my other friends moving to New York. That's just where I'm going to end up. Just yeah. made sense. Yeah, um, totally. But in between SF and New York, I went to I stayed in Tokyo for a while. Right. And right. I would go to like Club Yellow or like other yeah. um, electronic music parties. Yeah. Um, just that's where I sort of got more into like the experience of going to like a techno party, like at a club, whatever. Yeah. Um, and like staying out till, you know, 5 a.m. Yeah, totally. 6 a.m. or whatever. We'd go to the Saizeria. It's like the, it's like an Italian family style restaurant that was like open 24 hours. So we'd wow. go there like after the club night. Um, Wow. So yeah. So it's like a, a steady like getting <laughs> slow, and just slow getting burn, more into burn. yeah. I mean, as it always is. Yeah. You know, this is good shit. Slowly getting slow. pilled on uh, well, club cl electronic music, club music, weirder music. I mean, like. yeah. I uh, so there was this blog called Twenty Jazz Funk Rates. Oh the my guy, god! Yeah. So of course, he, uh, the guy he ended up doing like Triangle Records, or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. I, I forget. I I didn't follow it like religiously, but I, I don't even remember if I had submitted this track or if he just found it on like my myspace but i did a wow. cover of the give me your love oh my god but i did it like with like my very minimal electronic equipment i had which was that boss drum machine oh my god we might have to play this <laughs> in terms of putting myself out i mean I would, it's always come from a place of just naivete and and, and just and, until this point, but it always but, is yeah yeah but um because <laughs> you know. also when i lived in sf like going back to those kitchen like literally kitchen table experiments with, yeah. like glockenspiel and, and whatever i i put together cdr and i brought it to aquarius Rec records yeah. which i heard is no longer there like yeah. r.i.p but um and i was like oh if you guys want to sell this um Amazing, you know, and so um, that was my first foray, I guess, into the experimental <laughs> electronic <laughs> yeah, music yeah, yeah. quotes, yeah, yeah, yeah. music scene. Obviously, they oh. they took the CD. They did, and Amazing. I don't yeah. know if anyone bought it, but well, we'll have to we'll just have to track down the copies. Then. It's yeah. on Discogs. Yeah, 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 yeah on consignment. Like going back for your I bought yeah. one from Discogs. So I was <laughs> they like, do I not tell you when it sells. Wait, you should. Well, because I was like, I want I want a copy from my records, but I should have mentioned my band hits in dc do wow. you remember hits uh, it was like before i moved to the west coast i was in like um jazz yeah like a free jazz like me and my two female friends jessica and Lindsay, both of whom were not musicians and actively like kind of hated music or whatever yeah. they were like party girls yeah. although Lindsay's like a lawyer now but um we so. started a band yeah and it was like i played recorder and guitar Jessica played the drums and Incredible. Lindsay played saxophone and wow. we just basically existed for like a summer. But that was also like, I realized like I could just, we could just do this and it's just fun. And it's and just like, um, it was just, what, was like the shags or something just like total, yeah, just like whatever, like, just just, like, yeah, yeah. Cool. Sounds and great. So 
If anyone has a copy, some probably someone in Japan has a. There's copy a of there's hits. recordings. We put out like a CDR. Oh my god, we need this guy to... Shino. Do you know Shino? The guy who's obsessed with DC, the DC music scene. He probably has a hit CD. Oh, oh man, we need Shino, to track. We need to track this down. If I can't track this down, by the time to play the, on the podcast, podcast out, sick. I'm gonna say if anybody has a copy of this. <laughs> Please contact me or contact Lily. It Don't like contact Luke, but contact yeah, me. Yeah, like I'm like yeah, contact me. I'm like getting yeah. phone numbers. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I mean, you got to play the tracks. I like that idea. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think once a, you know, a, a, it's gonna be like every like 15 seconds. Like it'll be well, 30 seconds. Well, I think that's where the sort of trolling. And I don't want to say yeah, we yeah, were yeah. trolling, but we were also like, oh. But you have a mischievous yeah. side yeah, to you. It's a Gemini thing, of course. Absolutely. Dragon energy. Of course. Mischievous side. Absolutely. That's why <laughs> Willie and I are we're close friends. We're, uh, yeah. We're, we're, we're spirit. Yeah, that's right. All right. So how about we go and we start it all over again with Luke. How, what was your first experience with music? Uh, so earliest shit um, was... Well, it's when Lily was saying that she would, she would like, uh, not she would hide the listening. You know, I always thought, yeah, that was odd. I, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but I, yeah. I did that as well. <clears throat> it's good to know I wasn't the only weirdo in that way. Uh, yeah, because it, but yeah, I would listen to stuff on the way to swim meets when I was super nervous. My mom would play Dire Straits, this Dire Straits first, yeah, record. The self-titled, you know, Sultan's Swing and all that shit, but yeah. down to the waterline, all the great yeah, non, yeah, not Sultan's tracks. Uh, she would play cassettes like on the way to the <laughs> swim meets, and I would get all jazzed up. And my dad played tapes from his students. Would give it. He tried to be cool to wow. me when he would visit me and be like, "I have young people music, yeah, uh, talking heads." Which not new at that time, but the remaining light I was became obsessed with yeah, like really it's one quickly. Of the greatest records ever. Yeah, it's still like the top shit yeah. for me. But we would play that cassette with him. My mom would play her own shit and also just like soft rock on the radio, like mom mom stuff that yeah. I, I in, is enduringly like you know deep for me. To the, I mean, I, that's me in a, in yeah. a nutshell. <laughs> Mister Mushpile over here. I. Uh, but so yeah, I would I would have those private. Mo- private moments of like oh i'm not even gonna tell my mom that i like this song like i'm secretly excited like i wouldn't tell her to rewind shit i'm like why not like can you play that again mom like i didn't like that i was having that kind of enjoyment felt like it's like illicit or something yeah it was like why and and then later i also did the columbia house joint yeah but i literally did not own any no nelson i think was the first cassette thing because i was blonde back in the day i was like i kind of those men look like me like wow. anybody blonde i thought looked like me didn't make any sense but you were fi- naturally blonde back then yeah dirty blonde like, uh what happened just just the if i if you go and just this, if i men? if i'm in the sun it, it, it gets lighter again wow okay it's just the, you know my eyebrows are always dark i came out completely yeah. orange and my skull was like this you know that those are other details too. but yeah. i it took me until i was like 13 to, to buy my own music I, I yeah besides the one nelson i bought two nelson's cassette singles or whatever yeah i like the guitar part on that that uh love and affection song i still listen to that at the yeah. gym actually <clears throat> kind of 12 stringy sounding like arp thing yeah uh but yeah 13 14 7th 8th grade i was like literally 
like breaking away from parents, moms specifically, and try to like trying to be not consciously doing this, but like yeah. forming a, a, an identity in, in a really like hackneyed teenage way. Yeah. And just having a sense of like that music was a way into a particularity of, of a point of view, like, which I had no idea because my of because my mom that just she doesn't have that way of seeing the world. Um, yeah, it, it, kind of like a secret society of like cues and 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 tonal stuff that you can kind of like share and use code words like through aesthetics or something. Like I was like, oh, that's the kind of person I am. I'm becoming that as I'm getting like you know zits and. Growing pains and grew like a foot in the year and all this shit. I'm like, I gotta listen to stuff that reflects uh, change for me. Not thinking that, but like Sonic Youth Dirty was on the fucking Columbia House ad '92, and I got that. And I remember playing that the cassette on this boombox. Um, and I did like a haunted house when my parents were away, <laughs> and made my little sister like sit behind the couch. She was like six or whatever. It was like say say chocolate chips over and over, and I play I played dirty on on this boombox in my room. Turned all the lights off and then invited my friends over, and it was just that drunken butterfly song playing like Bzz. it's like seventh grade. They come in, they're like, what is that like cacophony? coming from his room what is that little girl voice saying chocolate chips from somewhere <laughs> it wow was, it's kind of a and sick wait, all the lights insane. are off yeah, yeah. Okay, come on come by and then i'm hiding in my room like giggling with like insane glee probably peeing in my pants you know a little bit the haunted house for six or seven meal pumped up had to go to the bathroom but generally would wait as no law and i didn't i still did i understood that that record is like prank music i was like this is just not understandable not but i would read like spanish stuff and like these are the important records this year like even at that age i was like i want to know what now i'm like 13 now i react against this idea of like a canon like what's happening now you know but i would i was like really like i need to be hip like not knowing that i was i was even doing that you know and well because then even at that point it's the canonization of rock it's like Mm -hmm. velvet underground greatest band of all time like because i started yeah i started to uh take guitar lessons in in seventh grade with charles bissell from the wrens guy yeah at that point he had not they had not done that like record where they had a good good success with it's a caucus shit but he was the wrens existed at that time yeah amazing guy at a Woodside Music School in in Washington Township, uh, or Park Ridge, rather, uh, Jersey, where James Gandolfini is from. Oh, wow. But uh, all kind of happened in like one year of like, I'm going to start to take guitar. This is my identity that I want to take on as a project. And and these are the, like, like there was an issue of Interview Magazine that that like covered... uh, like innovative new guitarists. This was when interview was still like big, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it was these really cool photos of like, uh, I forgot who else was in it, but it was Malcolmus, you know, Steve mm-hmm. Pavin dude with a, a, a Gibson, like a Les Paul on top of his head, like a profile. He like had it on his head and they had this like Sharpie, like there was like a, he just had pieces of paper taped on the guitar with like words on him and duct tape, which I I'm, I always loved duct tape my whole life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was like, that's cool. It's like I don't know why I like this, but that's still like my aesthetic is like duct tape and pieces of paper on a guitar. Yeah. Like and the visual, the way into music through this visual 
like pranksterism and beauty or whatever was I was like I'm gonna go listen by Slanted and Enchanted and mm. I bought that and drove around my dad's car and I was like this is like Bleh. so yeah, I was taking guitar lessons with Charles I would bring in like I was also listening to borderline bad shit which is good like what like Lemonheads oh come on no like I, I Dando I was obsessed with him and Dando I uh, my dad brought me to the that was like one of the first shows I saw, like um, this big at Virginia Tech, Lemonheads. But I would bring yeah. in like cassettes of Lemonheads, but then like Royal Trucks too, like to to my guitar teachers. You were, what, so how how old were you at this point when you were in thirteen? The, you were getting wow. That's because funny, I would just like read a, the fucking magazines. Yeah, and like yeah, this yeah. is like, like I have to get this, this, and this. Yeah, and then there was no internet. Really, I guess, right? Uh, I mean, I, I was for you. I mean, if this I was is, if you're talking 1993, I would listen or through or the whole cassette. Yeah. I would take it like a student thing where I'm like, somebody said, an authority said this is good, so I'm gonna listen to it like four times, like yeah. th back and forth, and and I'll there's like find two something. good songs on it. But I would then had patience for the stuff that wasn't good, and and, and which is extremely important, which yeah. is since post iTunes era where people just have the they just now get the song. I have to discipline know, myself now song. not to do that, just to yeah. skip through shit. Like you, you can find structural, like interest in almost anything, you know. And and I learned so much from that. Um, I would roll up fucking quarters. I would take steel quarters from my parents, and, and take a ten dollar roll of quarters to Sam Goody down the street and buy these cassettes. Yeah, and they almost never had what I had read about in like Spin or whatever fucking dumb mag. Yeah. Um, but uh, my dad used to write for Spin. I didn't know that. Oh, isn't that weird? So from there, how? What was the next step into getting making the move from I like this weird music to there are people my age who are into music like that, or there is a scene that exists that right. is accessible to me well all i ever wanted to do was make a record this yeah. is again pre-internet so like objects mattered a lot yeah. to me i just wanted a square of like of expression on a shelf with my other like this is, this is why i try to kind of lay off myself when i get mad about you know crawling around in the fucking DJ booth, the good room, whatever my misbehavior might be. I'm like, dude, like all you ever wanted We're to do was We're getting hints these... about what you did last night. <laughs> <laughs> it's Friday, Friday. Okay, Friday. Uh, like all I ever wanted to do was make a fucking record like that that's yeah. going to sit on the shelf with those other records. Yeah. And I've done that like 15 times over. So what? Yeah. can I cut myself some slack? Yeah. You should, hopefully. But I couldn't, I wasn't lucky like you motherfuckers to get to play in a band when I was 15. I kept searching and, and now I, now I, now I don't want to do that because uh, the computers have, have saved my life or whatever. But yeah. like at that time, I was obsessed. I was like, just fucking come and play. Yeah. And just knowing how to uh, do like chord notes and like things within a scale, it, like I, I would got a delay pedal and just played with myself. I would make a loop and just wank off yeah. over my own shit. And that's basically <laughs> what I did. Uh, forever even college like i couldn't uh connect with with a, a meaningful collaboration um so i still just played by myself and, and you went to bard bard yeah just for a year yeah. like I got kicked out for starting a club called Club Destroy. <laughs> talk about that just briefly <laughs> if you, if you could, it's please. funny man i i got to find there's there's a really funny photo of me in the school newspaper too like drunkard maniacs take over the budget committee meeting and it's just a picture of me like 
Like somehow with a double chin. Like I'm making this weird face. Like I, I, I almost wanted to use that for the toxic sincerity fucking oh, like album man. cover or whatever. Oh, man. But just coming soon on <laughs> Flea and Falcon Video. Club Destroy. Wow. Anyway, so but there's no music shit there that happened. But I did record electronically for the first time when this this guy Joe in my dorm who who had a MPC. Yeah. I, this track is actually pretty good. I I found it the other day. It's like. Uh, guitar over these like really basic mpc beats and an orson wells like uh vocal sample wow <clears throat> it sounds cool um cute track But I just wanted to buy a four track, like that's all I wanted to do and record over myself. And and yeah. I, after I got kicked out, I, I moved back to, to Jersey and got, bought a, a digital four track working at the Mawa Deli. Wow. Shout out to Le Les Hozier at the Mawa Deli. Uh, <laughs> And wow. saved up. It was fucking expensive. Like this, like at, at that time, like it was like nine hundred bucks or some shit yeah, for yeah. like this the mini disc one. Oh wow, <clears throat> mini disc yeah. one. Yeah. Wow. And I. I just got obsessed with recording and and, yeah. and it just but didn't use any percussion or anything um and just recorded yeah. la layered guitars and got really into uh i mean like the well you too i didn't mention that before but i, I was obsessed yeah. with with like a, a lot of folks the, the edge yeah. like clean like you know listening delay thing and yeah and as soon as I got the delay pedal, just that's all I do. Uh, yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, moved. Okay, so then I got kicked out of college, then basically got kicked out of my mom's house. She's, like, just sitting around here wanking off. Like, so I, I got, I went down to D.C. because my dad had an, an apartment. He wasn't really there all the time because he was on sabbatical yeah. teaching in Maryland. Um, so that's how I got down there. And, yeah. And, Pretty quickly, DC so small, mm -hmm. like you can really, if you have any sense of taste or, or, or like ambition to have that and project taste, you can find those. You'll people. find all of those people in like a yeah. week. I, I yeah. worked at this place called Sparky's. Remember Sparky's coffee shop? I don't know. It, yeah. it was around the corner from the store called Meeps, which is a secondhand store. That nice. Danny uh, Sharkey, who's Andrew Morgan's wife now, great great old friend of mine. She owned that place. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, with her with her partner, and and they would come by Sparky's. And just like yap it up with me or whatever, and you know, joke, joke city, yeah. Uh, and as as per usual with with uh, Mr. Hawk, yeah. But I didn't. And then Ian would come by all the time. Savonius too. Yeah. He was a real latte freak and just like <laughs> <laughs> is that code for something else or is that no? He just loved literal? the coffee. That's his only drug, man. Yeah. Um, I just lucked out because they literally just would come by every day. And, and Andrew Morgan, who's her boyfriend at that time, um we became like super tight he was like my best friend down there yeah but he ran this i guess ppu was at at that time yeah, yeah. for real but i don't know i forgot how he, he'd only put out a couple this is like 2000 
two or three. Wow. I'm not I even, didn't know it's been around that long. Wow. Well, I don't even know if he'd put, I'd have to look at the discogs, but yeah. he, he had been flipping records since he was like a teenager or whatever. He's like super digger. Like oh, super. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was his, yeah. his like, like hustle, like since he was a kid, almost like. Wow. That's, that's wild. I'm not sure if that's completely accurate, but yeah, he was really good at, he'll, he'll put on a record still. I haven't seen him too fucking long, by yeah. the way, but. You go anytime you see him. He'll put, he'll like have, get this look on his face, and he'll put on this record that will just like crack you up or blow your mind, and then yep. he'll just ha just a, a look of like suppressed glee. That I, I was only into like noise guitar shit, yeah, or like melodic noisy guitar shit, and and yeah. I, I didn't have much uh, interest or, or patience with electronics really at all yeah <clears throat> and his like him playing like a lot of the boogie shit there's you know often a drum machine or, or a keyboard yeah um obviously but just that the way into electronics for me was like i think really just getting just hearing that music all the time when we so i got like uh and a near to it and, and and found an interest in in the specifics of that and then like the other thing with Andrew is he he knew the the younger guys Ari mm -hmm. Ari and the other Andrew mm -hmm. uh, Phil yeah. Dickering, right. and and they as I mentioned before AFP would have these parties at his place and his dad's place outside of Gettysburg Pennsylvania and I went to this one I guess I only went one time, mm -hmm. uh, and Andrew Andrew brought me and and my other friend John and that was the, the younger scene like Lily mentioned was much more engaged with the, the potentials of like electronics and, and right. I, I forgot if I'd met Aurora before. I don't know. I don't remember, but uh, mm -hmm. she was there. Jan was there. Jason Lightkowitz, Steve Summer, you know, Steve Summers and, yep. and, and, and then the swimmers, I guess, I don't know if they would call themselves that yet. What year was this? Uh, fucking 2006 or yeah. seven. Right. I think pretty soon before I moved up here, but yeah. uh just the, it was like an all night fucking like taking you know substances yeah. and listening to i never really understood that you could have this kind of relationship with with dance music and or or, or non-dance electronic stuff and that's, that's like that's specific this, this like experience that it's, that it's interesting that, it, yeah. that it's that it's all that it's also wild and not fucking douchey and 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 uh yeah. It, it was the foundation of an entire weekend for for these these young really engaging seeming people yeah um that I, I basically just met that one time and that opened up like I got on Jan's email list like he started sending me the freaking newsletter love fingers like started checking his shit out um Ron Morelli was actually at that the time I went wow the, the first in person to ever give a fuck and ask me for anything Ron <clears throat> yeah yeah I'd sent shit I, I sent some fucking demos to uh what the fuck some like stupid like uh I just didn't understand like the electronic context, like in what what labels were were doing anything that would make sense for for my voice or whatever. So I yeah. get this like this, like weird feedback or just no response. Yeah. Um. But he he actually solicited shit from me. Yeah. But he he really dug that shit. Um. And then did the the first Tarifa uh the white label. <clears throat> yeah. Pretty soon after I did the Jason video and then. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and just wow. boom, boom, boom. From there, yeah. Well, and then that's and then like... And the Lily video before I moved to Berlin. Oh, wow. Okay, so <clears throat> then that's... 
Oh yeah, Have of you course. That? Yeah. yeah, I don't think. I mean, I'm I'm familiar with Shadow Loss, but I don't think I've seen the that video. That was a great. That's one of the great. The the, the uh, I had two cameras, but the this one particular VHS, which I had this like each VHS is like a freaking like human so it's got these yeah the camcorders they have these weird like tonal like like specifics that like there's this like a weird haze to like one corner of the frame you know yeah um there's just something effed about it yeah um but this bouquet of flowers like this great which became the mm-hmm. the cover like mm-hmm. the, the way that it just washed out but also kind of saturated right views. i remember that cover yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the last scene the thing she's like pushing the bouquet <laughs> like across the floor it's so cool looking it, it, yeah it's it's, it's cool <laughs> it was very cool. meaningful yeah. to be um in your space which is in south williamsburg which is where my yeah. grandfather grew up and yeah there was a lot of heavy sort of ancestral you know devotion as name of this chocolate's right, devotion yeah. um yeah there was, it was a very haunted feeling for me. I mean, yeah. We did that one scene in like the elevator. <laughs> yeah, the crazy freight yeah. elevator. Yeah. Wow. Great elevator. Yeah. Um, Wait, that was when you were living at Lorimer? Yeah, it's 79. Yeah. 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 So you know, when did you meet Ron? Actually? I think I must have met him uh, late teens. Like like he would come down and DJ. Oh, wow. So, so for a while. I, before. I definitely oh, remember great. he DJed like a house party in DC yeah. and then... I remember being in Philly, I think with Hits, my my girl yeah. group, um yeah. and he, and we had a gig in Philly and then there was a party that Ron DJed at. Yeah. And so I always knew I knew who he was and I always just recall like every time he DJed like I had a fun time. Yeah. <laughs> it was it's just always DJ. like a good party. Yeah. And um That's great. Then I moved to yeah, again like I also knew Jason and Ari from yeah. just WMUC and that right. whole scene, Manhunter. Um, and when I moved to New York formally in 2008, mm-hmm. um, I started playing music with Matt Morandi in 2009. Yeah. Right. And and then he and I and Darren actually had a yeah. band for a Oh, I bit. went to oh, that yeah. show with Wait, Jason what, and Aurora. Um, <laughs> what was that? What that was, was it, that? I at, forgot that was about that. was at the that. freaking, at Irene's or whatever. Well, uh, there was, was a show, uh, Pendu, Pendu Disco. You know, Todd Pendu had like a yeah, gothic yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. party yeah. thing. Holy shit. Yeah, um, so I know like Matt and Ron knew each other. Yes, and right. I guess I felt more empowered about like, oh, I can keep experimenting making music on my own and it then i reached out to marquis svengali's ghost oh who yeah lives right. in chicago who lived in chicago i right. had never met him but yeah ron had put out a that 285 show he did was the first time he performed like <laughs> ever like or in the long ass time it was, it was so amazing was People like this guy's <laughs> never played or he hasn't played in so like, long. like live ever it, maybe. and it was incredible yeah, it was, that was yeah, 285 yeah, yeah right like a three hour was that a something? mutual I, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I well, totally um, forgot. This is so funny because this is yeah. pre- this is like just right before I met you. Yeah. Like, oh, that's so like funny. Like Ron put out Svengali's Ghost and yeah, that's he it. had a track called High Heel Sleaze. And yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. I just sent him a message on SoundCloud. I was just like, fuck it. Like, I thought it was a really, I really loved his vocals. Yeah, totally. And uh, I just sent him a message like, hey, like, um, love your track. If you ever want to collaborate. Um, yeah. You know, I'd, I'd be really interested. And we kind of started riffing on just sort of more like non-musical influences, like architecture and film. Yeah. And we we started trading sounds back and forth over email. And Amazing. that's sort of how Shadow Lust yeah, began. Yeah, that's right. That's right. 
and um we ended up like record like like record um we jammed you know in the same room for the first time ever on dj speculators radio show it was like christmas 2012 yeah totally um, that's right right after i moved here yeah, yeah we uh you can find it on soundcloud um yeah. and then we recorded our double or two lp two x is that we call it a delba lp yeah. <laughs> a two x lp <laughs> yeah. uh in pork chop studio that shout that winter shop. yeah shout out john um it was all just sort of a few few nights yeah we'd meet up and um so that's how the shadow lust record yeah came out and then from there yeah i guess my professional relationship with ron you know blossomed from yeah but then i uh i recorded a tape for opal tape the guy this british guy who runs opal tapes he contacted me he was like i want to put out shadow lust and i was like no 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 yeah in my Uh, mind uh, i uh, said uh, um uh. that's that's a lies bam but i said um unfortunately uh yada yada but uh, i have some solo yeah, yeah yeah right experiments or whatever if you'd be interested and that's how my i guess current iteration yeah. of my whatever moody electronic yeah, yeah. yada yada oh yeah thing that that tape came out i think in 2012 or 2013 yeah my my first sort of solo um tape yeah and then that yeah it empowered me Wow, Whatever. that was really. The, yeah. I'd, I guess I didn't More realize that. That's so yeah. funny because that's like right. Mm-hmm. I met you right in in you guys in 2013. Meet? We met at a party. We met through our friend Chad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and you like, had gotten a haircut from Container. <laughs> <laughs> Bullcut. I heard about this. A man told me about this shit. I'm always hearing about you getting prank haircuts. <laughs> yeah, Ren had given me a haircut. This was like 2013. Yeah. What's Ren, up with the honey badger haircut? You, 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 oh my god! No, yeah, the, the Ren man was, was like talking about your honey badger haircut. Well, that was yeah. That was well. That was that was a result of that because it was like it was so fucked up. It had, I could have just bicked it. But I was like, you know what? I'm gonna like let this go, and then the only way to like let, make it any just usable in any ways, I like let it sort of grow. Then I trimmed certain sides yeah. of it, and I had like the little the Dutch just, boy. That'd be a haircut, like Jack haircut, po- yes, Jack grooming yeah. podcast, yeah, the best of Jack's haircuts. Yeah, yeah that's right. I got Ren and yeah. a container had given me a haircut, one of his legendary haircuts. He called it the bodega after oh. it was. Uh, there's probably a photo that existed somewhere, but that's funny. And I remember I we we met briefly at a party at uh, the schoolhouse or a show at the schoolhouse right, that schoolhouse, Jason and yeah. and Nick Bookworms right. played. The duo. You were just there. Maybe you played. I forget. I don't know if I've ever I played at the school. Man, I don't know if you played. Maybe. Was, maybe you I played there like with my old playing with my girlfriend the night that I got dosed on fucking methadrone or whatever. Remember that um, gig at the in that basement, but you were on like ketamine. You mean the one that Mark Heap? Mark, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was on the first time. I'm not gonna call out people for the first time.
than I had ever even seen ketamine. <laughs> Some guy, like a fucking fat dude with white sweatpants or sweatpants and like a white, white plate. And he's like yeah, cutting up ketamine. Yeah. But it, the plate was white, white and like this guy's all chubby with sweatpants. Forget the chubby part. No body shame over here. But I'm like, I can't even see what you're doing. It's white powder on a plate. And this is a new powder to me. But we, there was this girl just rolling around the floor. Like, like, this is kind of sounds wild. We had no like metric. I thought about it like cocaine or something. Like, this is how much you should do. Someone was ripping Jason's shirt off. Yeah. 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 I remember that. I did. I did that. And then I went upstairs. And then I went upstairs. The hose. Yeah. Dude, I was probably at that. I was at like every show there. Yeah. You know that I was sitting like without a seat beneath me. Yeah. 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 That's where they ran the show paper. And then fucking Marquis just yeah. let his shit play. He let his machines play and went upstairs and was just hanging out with us. Like, and I was like, "Dude, are you playing your set?" He's like, "Yeah, it's it's being played by like my machines. Like, I'm 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 up here now with you." Wow, it was hilarious. I probably was at the, the, I don't with the horse. I was wearing a trench coat. Wow. I think you said you look. I looked like an like a obvious assassin or some shit like In terms of uh, more, um, my further, um, you know, my my path in the scene, or I don't want yeah. use that word, but um, no, no, no. But when whatever. I learned about Yellow Tears, yeah, that yeah, was very yeah. formative for me because wow, of the yeah, yeah. ritualistic use of, of water, and yeah. because okay, for all of these years, I was trying to differentiate myself from yeah. the family I grew up in, right? This. Um, very stoic kind of uh yeah you know the the environment of the synagogue it's um i don't know how to even describe it right now i'm drunk but um it's it's all it's very minimal minimalist let's just say Mm -hmm. and and the when the service is being led the the cantor you know in in the orthodox setting um his back is to the congregation and something about um being introduced to um this these rituals by yellow tears and then going to noise shows yeah. i felt a sense of belonging in yeah. a way i hadn't felt yeah. um that's right really ever in, yeah. in 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 like the music scene there's you know the dance music where i could like get lost and yeah and i didn't feel judged for like wanting to or just naturally being like a wallflower and and just sort of i'm a much more comfortable if i can observe and yeah um so that was a re- that was really important um, to discover this other yeah. world. You yeah, know? definitely. And, but I didn't know any of that shit though. It's mm. just like bizarre to me that I well because I moved away, but like uh, partially. But but it's, it's also it's, like it's there's things like, that coexist. You know, but I'm also saying to, at the same to like time. no like now that we're pals, it, it yeah. it's, it's still sometimes boggles my mind that like we we didn't. That didn't happen in yeah. 2014, you know. But the, I, mean, I was yeah. gone for three years or whatever. No, I, I, I will just say that, like, uh, leaving New York, um, like, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not trying to like rep 
like you went to Berlin in twenty Germany, but like it's I didn't 15, that that was like the nail in the coffin for me about yeah. like taking like dance music or or electronics like seriously or whatever like, yeah because I I literally never literally how many times like, I got that say level the word literally thing. Yeah, and I still can't get into Bergen, like, like on my own volition. <laughs> but like, when, I heard it might be closing by the end of the year. Good. Oh. No. <laughs> I joke. I joke. No, no, but, but, no, but um, what? So, but you moved. You moved to Berlin, but then you moved. You were there for three years, and then what? What made you not want to be there anymore? Uh, well, I got signed to Mexican Summer and started making like NPR music. Not which knowing is, that, like, which I, is what we know and love. This you is just for. my obliviousness. Like, I'm fucking like making fun of you about like Jack. Why didn't you eat before the podcast? But whatever yeah. my my quibbles are, I <laughs> uh, I didn't know that like my bread and butter uh, playing gigs because that's I was just playing you know two gigs a weekend whatever the the dream shit that I was taking for granted because everybody in my community was doing the same shit and I, and I kind of like was was looking down on it as well as it was happening to me uh yeah i didn't realize that i'd keep putting out like dance-ish records not like i ever really put out dance records but they thought i did because people don't like bookers yeah. don't even listen to your shit they, they just, just see that you're, you're on lies and they're like oh so you make like techno you're kind of cute it's so cool. wait it's the same that's that's the other thing that really unifies you guys you guys are the we're, only we're people on lies that like that don't you're we're the only cute people to make a room of europeans dance is like yeah. traumatic for me yeah like, Europeans oh i'm sure who are on drugs like and that you're just doing like this like harsh you know like, like sound like scared i don't know what i'm doing yeah exactly like, but, it's but it's not like, i don't want to make a room full of germans no dance. no 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 understand lily's point of view on this but me the condemnative flavor of what i'm about to say why do i lead to judge what the they're fucking like bogging out I'm just trying to. That's why Shadow Us didn't work out, honestly, because I just couldn't get into making Europeans like move their asses. Because you were there, I remember like 2013. You were like late 2013 or something. You spent like six months there or whatever, right? In Europe, I was in Berlin, Paris. Right, 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 right. But right, but you guys didn't. This was before Luke had moved over there. No. Wait, I became it? a cocktail waitress. Was she was there in like 2014, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. like late 2013. If yeah. I if I so remember correctly, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was my French period. Yeah, totally. Ooh, no, I remember know. talking to you about that <laughs> experience, but I forgot that it was before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes, but, I, I stopped getting gigs. That's why I moved back because I I, I signed exclusively <laughs> to Mexican Summer, not realizing realizing I should be putting out twelves like. With yep. other labels to like keep people, just to just for the bookers not to pay attention to the music, but see the label <laughs> pop up. Like, oh, he's put it out on this. I yeah, could, yeah, I yeah, could yeah, put out course. the NPR music on the yeah. other label. Mexican Summer had. I'm not sure you. They don't have they, a standing. They have in the no European fucking clout. Music community, obviously, in, nice in that people. in that context. It's a silly so. name for a uh, it, record it did label, not but they're freaking me nice to people, and I took their money, and I'm standing here to, yeah, to <laughs> Trezor. Really saying something. Yeah. Trezor. But you you move back. You know you still have the records on Mexican Summer that you you almost bankrupt them. Yes, um, I, I, I drove them in, 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 
the, the, insolvency. You had like a, a Scientology kind of looking one. Like, oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like uh, self help. Yeah, the self help, like Amen. which I'm still trying to, you know, with the NTS look show. out for my Patreon. Yeah. But that was that was one of the first gigs I did over there. Was playing at the NTS, like the old the old uh, in, one on, in Hackney, like, yeah, yeah. right next to the Jerk Chicken spot, like right. with AFP too. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That was a fun time. There's these funny ass like the British like plastic public urinals. That, oh yeah, you know, I I got a good pick of him peeing <laughs> from behind. Uh, <laughs> that square where they had the the spot with people playing soccer and, and making chicken and yeah yeah. Mm. Uh, but they love my shit, and uh, it's a very that. popular show. I must say, it's, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I don't look I into it's, the. It's but I, do, I get postcards. They send postcards to NTS. Wow. Yeah, yeah it's. I, I would say it's notorious among. Uh, yeah, it's. I would. I think a lot of people. I'd say at this point, people know your show as much as I. You know, a lot of. I was a clandestino, and some motherfuckers. How like, many times they say they heard your voice? Me. What is talking? No that? shit. Oh, because man. I was not Did I tell you? No, no, no. Oh, they heard me talking. They're like, you, you are watching the Obi Wan Kenobi show. No, so yeah, that was like one of the. But I'm a little embarrassed. Wow, all that's amazing. That's, that's like kind of the best you could ever. I mean, especially too this much is, lazy, hey, this is why we all make music with our voice, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, what's better than being recognized in public mm. for the obscure ass mm. art well, that you make? The, because this, the speech thing, just to like put a bow on it or whatever. Uh, which which brings it back to like Jack connected thing. That's right. Um, once I started focusing on speech mm-hmm. through the, really through the radio show, and now I've done it for three four years. Christ, how long has it been? Yeah, I I didn't before the show. I didn't know that that was a thing that I could do performatively consistently. That was going to be engaging to my own practice. That like I was against like I. This record I put out on Rush Hour, uh, the the no label shit that Mark does. Yeah, I had a song called "This Is Not Really Not Quite Music," where I'm making fun of Bob Dylan. I'm just singing. Yeah. I'm talking over a track. I'm like, "This is not, not quite, quite music. music." Bob Dylan's not quite music. Like but I was I'm really also against, against certitude and this idea yeah. you can't freaking change your mind. Music should be an escape from words, you know. I hey, I completely feel. It. I didn't have but any connection. I, I know, no, but no. Yeah. For years, I was. But, I literally had, yeah. could not connect with lyrics to songs because right. mm-hmm. I was now so into notes. S- and it's now up the wazoo. It's the other way around. Though. It, yeah. That's the. the I synchron- can't connect to music, but I love words. The synchronicity of like like uh, us doing shit that's around yeah. language is the is first wild. time I let another human. Yeah. Name like it's one of my records. And now I'm putting for, for people in Radio Land, we're putting out uh, Luke's new you're LP. You're really the first person that like, heard that record no and, like, and galvanized, like, wait, wait a minute. That it was my a good UPS work. Guy. It's an incredible record. record. The only time I've ever let another human name Sorry, one of my Jack. records. So. That's mm. crazy. Well, that's, I mean, you can, I mean I've never, I don't think I've ever named someone else's record. Thoughts? It's what our heads are full of. No matter how hard we try not think about something, we don't want to be the number one thing we think about. Our first thought upon waking, boom, I'm snapped awake by this awful thing. I'm trying not to think about You know, if you get the urge, you walk down the street. Okay, let me just take my keys and throw them in the storm drains. Wouldn't that be great? What's the worst 
beautiful thing I can do right now. Using the storm drain. Why do I have that thought? Thought. It's what our heads are full of. No matter how hard we try to get a clean slate, an empty extra sketch. If you're wired like me. So you did. You did your half a year year in like mm-hmm. Paris like 2014 mm-hmm. yeah, ish and you time. were like yeah. you were really like you were gunning you were like mm-hmm. I, you were making a lot of music no it wasn't like, really really uh, I had some gigs that didn't oops it didn't work out yeah um that's when I recorded a record that ended up being released by Jealous God which yeah is yeah a silent servant and Regis's like yeah. boutique label yeah because I had, you know, gigs with my with Shadow Loss. I just, I'm not going to go into why they didn't work out. Sure, sure. Um, and, you know. But yeah, blah, blah, blah. But you, you know, were making, hard, you were, but, but still, I, you I were. I didn't have any other, I didn't have much, I didn't have money. So yeah, sure. I was recording music in this little yeah. um, studio. I was, a friend of mine whose mother is an architect. Yeah. Let me stay there for free. Amazing. And, um, yeah, I, I just made some music and yeah, um, I forget one. Yeah. Uh, he was um, a fan of Shadowlust and yeah, I sent him a message. I was like, "Thank you for your support. You know, it's means a lot." Yeah, um, of course. We just started corresponding, and I just happened to have some music. It came from a very lonely place. Sure, sure. Just uh, yeah, pretty pretty dark period. But I do believe every American artist should have their um, their Parisian. Paris. Yeah. Oh my. Face. Believe me, man. So I'm a. That I'm, was I'm my. I'm about to. Man. Like say, yeah. It was was just, like, <laughs> well, you because you came back yeah. and you immediately, you moved in with you, well, we, we lived together. I came back that. and Luke was the one that was like, you should be a cocktail waitress. I don't know why. How? What the? We, so, me we, and we, Katie went and had that waitress in a cocktail yeah. bar. Because oh you were already, about that. Yeah. you you were working as a waitress, but so you were working at Cell Rose and you no, got no, Lily no, the no, job. No, 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 this no. is before what? Other way around. Yeah. I so you so you suggested there. to Lily to be yes. a cocktail waitress. I, I came yeah. back to New York That's and I, so I had funny. sort of I quiet quit mm. my job at a very high end boutique, which is yes. now very, doing very well. Yeah. And, God bless um, them. But um. I don't know. We were, yeah, and I was like, that's actually a kind of a good idea. I, I kind of knew working nights would be conducive to your schedule, uh, doing more music gigs, yeah. blah blah blah. And I got this job as a cocktail waitress at Sol Rose. Yeah. Um. And I started work. Yeah, it was still kind of word of like not. It wasn't super busy yet. Um. And then it just sort of became very popular place um i ended up being a manager there just because i had been there for so long and and luke you started working there yeah when i came back she's like it was was fun and um it's so funny that it's like now we we used to go there all the time (laughs) because you were working that was always that was Mm -hmm. the move where it'd be like oh ding dong's (laughs) playing we got go to meet up at cell rose go over Oh, yeah, yeah, now, yeah. now I can barely stay awake. I yeah, me too. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but it's like yeah. six forty-five still, or whatever. You, what's your? I don't get your, up that early. But are you, are you um, still doing the resident? Well, we can talk about this. Shit uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I would say uh, we've come to a good point sure. to say that 
at this point, our collective scene of people that what this is about is it's, 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 it's about getting it back to jack it's about me back to jack <laughs> that's the title me. of the podcast back to me how, how, how these people connect to me yeah me fast me, me, forward me, me, then, me. then jack's being a really i have to say this could this could be on the record uh Here jack being a, a, a very intuitively warm because friend presentation to, to my pops and and stepmom, you know. Words might as well be read. Orchestrating like really like a fairly autistic boy hang at Godshear, where my stepmom held forth about jazz and felt seen and heard. Which is that was like a high point. That's great. We talked about Lenny Tristano. Sending myself straight to the principal's office. Time to get a bar of dub soap and wash out the old trap. Know about this stuff and just yeah, very, very <laughs> reflective and, and listening vibes. She was super happy. She was like, Well, on that note, I want to say thank you very much. You should leave that part in. We'll see what makes it to the final cut. Thank you very much, Lily. Thank you, my dear friend, and Luke, my dear friend. Thanks a lot. Thanks to Lily and Luke for joining me to speak about their lives in music and beyond. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe to 400 Floor, wherever you get your podcasts. To hear the raw and uncut version of this episode, plus much more bonus material, you can purchase it at 400floor.com. That's the number 400 and the word floor.com. 400 Floor is a podcast produced by Nina Protocol, where two musicians pair up to talk about their roots individually and together and reflect on the communities that shaped them. We'll be back in a few weeks with another deep dive. Thanks for listening. 